The Chef Nas Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Nas Podcast, a podcast by Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ, and we're expecting great things. My name's Joey. I get to be the host of this podcast, and today I'm joined by Pastor Rob and Pastor Zach, a couple of pastors here at Shepherd. And what we're going to do is we're going to take one more look back at this past Sunday's sermon and talk about what it looks like to be imitators of God and what it really means to follow what He calls us to do and kind of what that doesn't mean and what we aren't supposed to do and, and and how do we respond when the world or other people who don't believe in God, when they do things that we would be called not to do as followers of God, how do we respond? That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, great. Hello, Joey. Hello, Zach. Hello. Good to see you guys. Joe's over there. Hi, Joe. He waved. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wanted to kind of revisit this, the message on Sunday. Um, and specifically, there's just a couple of things, that, some conversations I've had with folks and that I've had with myself. Um, <laughs> but trying to, so, so Sunday we talked about where Paul says that we should be imitators of God and, and live a life of love. And we talked about love and we talked about how love um, always tells the truth. It always seeks the best for the person mm-hmm. that we love. And seeking the best is always telling the truth. Yeah. And so... In the message, I think that is one of the things I was hoping to communicate, and I hope this is what people received, is that it's really important for us to stand on our convictions and stand on the convictions of the Word regarding right and wrong, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. We're not the judges. At the end of the day, we're not the judges. We're going to be in the same line everybody else is in at the end of the day, being judged by God. Not We're not the judge. But... Um, the question is, the point is that as believers, we do have to know what's right and what's wrong, and we have to be able to communicate that to our culture. And I feel like our culture, in many cases, is caving in and 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 not standing on the word of God in many places in the church. But the, what happened is, what came to my mind is this through some conversations is that how do we as Christians respond when people that we interact with on a daily basis? friends, family members, coworkers, people we go to school with, people in our neighborhood, whatever. How do we respond as believers who have a set of values that comes from the Word of God when they they live their life contrary to those values? Yeah. Like what what do, what is our response? And I, and I think that historically I've seen three responses and I want to make sure that I just want to say as pastor there's there's one that's appropriate and the others are not. Um, and, and I read this book and I tried to find the book in my library, uh, and it's not organized right now and I could not find the book and I wanted to give credit to the person who came up with this, but, uh, I read the book a while ago, uh, and I think it was maybe Sean McDowell, but I'm not sure, uh, it could have been, but if, if it was, it's great. But, uh, in basically in the book, he says that the, the church responds to culture in, in one of three ways and that we, we cave into it. Mm-hmm. We, we cocoon from it, or we collide with it. Yeah. And I know those are three C words, and I, th- those were his words. And so, uh, but I want to talk about that just a bit. So the first one is that we we cave in, mm-hmm. and and I think that we we see that in the culture that we're living in today. That there are a lot of Christians who there's this pressure from uh, the outside to see things as right and to accept them as okay, even though the Word of God clearly says they're not. And so the the option that you have is to stand on the word of God and 
potentially be judged as a judgmental or a bigot or whatever because you don't see things the way they do, or you cave in. I mean, that's really, and you say, oh, I see where you're coming from mm -hmm. now. Uh, I'm going to change the way I think because of how you feel or because someone close to me has experienced a different kind of reality and you, and, and you change. You, you know, and fra phrases I've heard people say are, well, I've been enlightened or I've got new information. Well, the Bible has been around for thousands of years. It has not changed nor been added to for a long time. So it's interesting that something that was wrong a while ago is now wrong now, or what was not, that was something that was not, something that was wrong a while ago is now considered not wrong. And so I, I feel like that we, we cave in, and I, I feel like as the church, it's really important that we know what we believe, we stand on it, we stand firm on the convictions of the word. And I just, and I think it's also important to know that the more that we live, the longer we live, the harder it will be to adhere to scriptural standards because the world's not going to get better. It's not going to get holier. It's not going to get more righteous. It's going the other direction. So we have to stand on that. So, so the one response we have is that we cave in and we just say like, we cave into the majority. We cave into the popular opinion. The other one is that we cocoon from it. Mm. And the best example I can think of is like, and I don't mean this in a negative light, but it's a good example is the Amish community. Like they have their own thing, right? They live in their own little area. Uh, they don't interact too much with everybody else. Um, they they cocoon. What they've done is they've made a community and they've, they've left the outside world out and they have their own community. And the church does that. We create a Christian community. Oh, yeah. And we leave the world <clears throat> out and we become friends with people who are only Christians. Mm -hmm. We listen to only the Christian music. Um, and we, we leave the world out. We push them out, yeah. and we, we hold ourselves in, kind of like a cocoon. We insulate yeah. ourselves from and it. I think yeah. this is what happened. I mean, if you look at recent church history, um, especially the church in America, that is what happened um, in response in the 50s, 60s, and 70s to um, the sex revolution and um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And, and it, we didn't withdraw from society entirely but we put some walls up mm -hmm. and we um and we took we took um rather being what we're still fighting today one of the things that we're still fighting today is what are we known for um the reason that churches are known for what they stand against and rather than what they do and how, right. how they how they love and how they change the world really yeah. can be traced back to cocooning ourselves from the culture because we were afraid yeah. of what was happening around us. Um, and so the extreme is the Amish community is like that extreme. But yeah. I think I think many churches, including I think our own tradition, yeah. did that. Yeah. Yeah. And I and and this the danger of that is then when we're insulated from the world, we we don't have any influence on the world. Yeah. I mean you you totally lose your influence because you're you're not in connection with them, mm -hmm. right? So, so the so in the book he kind of talks about these options, right? There's we cave in, uh, we and we become like the world, mm -hmm. um, and we see that happening uh, in churches today in Christianity, or we cocoon from it, and we see that happening, or we collide with it. Um, and and in the book he says the the best thing is for the church to collide with culture, but there's two ways of colliding that I think I, I see <laughs> mm -hmm. over, over, yeah. uh, yeah. So, uh, if, so if you got something you want to say, 
Well, when Joey was talking, it kind of made me think of one of the things I'm seeing today, and like, and I'm glad you brought up the colliding thing because I think one of the ways we are colliding is in this like social media culture, Facebook posts, Instagram, all this. I've seen Christians specifically being far more willing to post about what they are against and to attack things that we're against mm -hmm. rather than promote things that are positive and what we actually believe and like, yeah. why do we believe it? Yeah. Instead of yeah. just saying like, no, you're well, wrong. So we were talking about that kind of yeah. before, before we sat down to actually mm -hmm. record this, you say like, no, no, rather than, rather than saying there's something better for you, God's got something better for mm -hmm. you. We say what you're doing is, you know, that's yeah. wrong point fingers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I kind of remember this, this feeling that I had even when I was younger of um, feeling like I was cocooned from things. And my, my, my parents, mm -hmm. they are incredible people. And like, they, they will tell you like, in spite of themselves, like my sisters and I have like had incredible advantages in our lives. And, um, but your sisters turned out good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that hurt. Um, no, you're fine. <laughs> But, you know, I remember feeling like I was cocooned from the world. Mm -hmm. um, so we grew up in a great church, um, but I also went to the school there, and mm -hmm. I was there seven days a week because of sports and everything, and it felt like a cocoon. Mm -hmm. um, and there was no – I had no influence on the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I had no influence on the world. Yep. Um, and to – I would I, I've ran into this too when I had um, I've had different youth groups and sometimes I've had the traditional Nazarene youth group which was made up of um, lots of homeschool kids and there's nothing wrong with being homeschooled but like like it was just kind of a traditional Nazarene youth group of a small church where it was just a bunch of homeschool kids and I and I would be like hey we like we want kids to know Jesus like you got to tell your friends we you got to tell the people that you in your life they're like. I don't know, they didn't know anybody. That was, You're yeah. all right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody I know is in this room. <laughs> like, I don't know any non-Christians. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I I ended up going to a public high school um, for an express purpose to have influence in the world, um, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to a Christian school or that you shouldn't make that decision for your family, and that's a that's a an intimately personal decision for your family. But for me, at the time. Um, it's what I felt like I was being called to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when I talk to kids in youth groups that say they don't know any non-Christians, I'm like, I like it blows my mind because when I when I showed up at Grove City High School, I was like, this is it. Like, this is where I'm supposed them. to be. Yeah. And, um, and you know, God, God did a lot of really cool things. But, um, but yeah, I, I felt, I have felt the cocoon even in my own life. And then I will be honest, like just speaking super transparent, as a pastor who primarily works with Christian teenagers and kids, there are a lot of times I'm still cocooned yeah. from reality. Yeah. And I think you have to be intentional in our role specifically yeah. because we do spend, I think when you're younger and you're a parent and you're trying to protect your kids, the cocoon, there's some value yeah, in that. And that's, yeah. But when we, when we take that all the way through our entire life and we mm -hmm. never, just if we're totally insulated from the world, we just lose our influence and we, we've got to have influence. Several Sundays each year, we have an opportunity for child dedication. 
When parents dedicate their children, they are showing a desire to commit them to the Lord and His service. Our next dedication will be on Mother's Day, May 14th, during both worship services at 9 and 10.45 a.m. If your family is ready to take this step, let us know by emailing podcast at shepnaz.org or visit the connection card on the contact page at shepnaz.org. So you're talking about, Zach, about how, you know, when we collide, sometimes we do it in a judgmental way and we tell people what we're what we're against and we we show people or we tell people they're wrong because mm-hmm. of this or because of that. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said earlier, I think there's two ways of colliding. There's that way where we collide and there's not a lot of love in it. It's mm-hmm. judgmental. But when you look at Jesus and you read through the Gospels, he collided with every everybody, but he didn't yeah. do it that way. Yeah. He did it in a in a compassionate and a loving mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And I think about stories in the Bible, like in John chapter four, when he went to the woman at the well who was um, living with a guy who wasn't her husband. She'd been married five times, and Jesus mm-hmm. went to her, and he didn't judge her. He didn't mm-hmm. tell her she was a bad person. He just said. Oh, man, I've got I've got something better for you mm-hmm. than that, yeah. and I think about in I think it's John chapter eight where he you know he met the woman who was caught in adultery, you know, and all the religious leaders were standing around with rocks in their hands, mm-hmm. judging ready her, telling go. her, ready mm-hmm. ready to bring judgment upon her, mm-hmm. and Jesus went to her, protected her, had a conversation with her, and he said, you know, you know, if you're without sin, you can cast the first stone, and mm-hmm. everybody dropped their rocks and left, and then Jesus says, I don't condemn you either. Mm-hmm. And go and sin no more. But here's what he did. He he said, I'm not condemning you, but he says, change. Yeah. There's better. Go, there, I have better, yeah. And I feel like just sometimes in the world, we, we leave the better out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't want I don't want to be a church or a person who is judgmental. I don't want to mm-hmm. be a person who caves in. I don't want to insulate us from the world. I want to collide with the world, but I want to do it in a loving way and call people to to God's best for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what that means to me is that we have to be in the world, mm-hmm. but not of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, you know, he wanted us to be salt. He wanted us to be light. And, you know, he said, what good is salt? You know, you know salt, if it doesn't do any good, salt has to touch something. Mm-hmm. Like it, if it doesn't, if you don't put it on the food, it doesn't flavor it. If you don't put it on the on the meat, it doesn't preserve it. If you don't put it on ice, it doesn't melt it. It has to be in contact with it. Mm-hmm. And I fear that sometimes we think the best response for us is to just pull back from the world, stay away from those people, in quotes, and, and live our life. But if we do that, then we're cocooning, and we're, we're not doing what Jesus told us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, not, we're not being in contact with them mm-hmm. and loving them. And it's hard, man, I get it, it's hard, it's a challenge, and the world that we live in is just, like, I've just, this week for me has just been like, man, I've just been made so aware of the the chaos that is in our in our communities and in our world because of these crazy things that people believe and are doing, and I just want to make sure as a church we, we recognize that we have to stand on what is right and what is true, and we have to be truthful and honest and call people to that. But we have to do it in love, mm-hmm. and we ha- we can't withdraw. We can't get away. We have to stay there. We have to mm-hmm. have relationships with them. I was thinking this: if the if the church chose to just withdraw from from the world, right? 
there's no one to to tell the good news. Yeah. There's no one to share the gospel. Um, and, and it could be like, you know, you're in a relationship with, in a relationship with someone, whether it's work or school or home, your neighborhood, whatever, and what they do, the choices they make are in total opposition to what you believe. And the impulse is to just withdraw and say, I just don't want anything to do with that mm-hmm. it, because because I believe differently. But the the... the tr- the gospel says stay. The gospel says love them. Mm-hmm. You could be the only voice of reason in that person's life. And so if you choose to avoid them, you're literally removing mm-hmm. possibly the only opportunity that God has to, to, yeah. to, to communicate love to that person in their life. So, yeah, it's hard. One thing that somebody told me a long time ago, like, so, you know, I've shared a little bit about my story, and one thing that always stuck out was that, there was a lot of people that were really good, especially in the church, at pointing out my sin. Mm. Um, but there wasn't a lot of people that were pointing to a solution. And so I feel like that's where we get mixed up is we're really good at finding sin and really good at pointing out sin, yeah. but we need to come with the solution, mm. right? Yeah. Because if we don't bring that solution, where's it going to come from? Yeah. And that solution is Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we spend yeah. all of our time pointing out sin, like you were just saying with a woman caught in adultery, everybody yeah. saw her sin. Yeah. They were ready to go to town and throw some rocks. But Jesus came in and said, no, nope, yeah. there's a solution for this. Yeah. And this goes back to, or I guess not, you know, when we talk about things about how um, as a Christian, the goal isn't heaven. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's not the goal. Yeah. The goal is Jesus. Yeah, it's a great and, benefit, but not the goal. Yeah, yeah. and and in that, um, we've been called ambassadors. That we we are co heirs with Christ. We're ambassadors, and so the idea here is is that um, what you are supposed to do as an ambassador is you you don't stay home. That's that's the whole point of being an ambassador for something. Yeah. Yeah. Is that as you go, the kingdom goes with you. Everywhere your yeah. foot steps, the kingdom is there. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so the kingdom of God is supposed to be here now. It's what, he, what Jesus says that the kingdom is near, the kingdom's at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's supposed to reach into the places that it is not yet. And it only can do that if the ambassadors are willing to step into those places. Mm. But if we withdraw. Yeah. Or if we cave in and we lose the kingdom values, then we are no longer ambassador for that kingdom because we have to carry the kingdom values with us yeah. for that kingdom to be where it is, where we are. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You turned out all right, too. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, think, I, think the, um, I, think the, I think the dilemma is this, is that how, how do you make yourself available to minister to people that are living in opposition to ways that you believe, and at the same time loving them but letting them know your stance. Mm-hmm. Like, because love always does what's best for the person, and what's best for the person is always the truth. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you love people while continuing to tell them the truth? And that's not what the church has been good at. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not even suggesting an answer. I mean, I don't think I. I mean, I struggle with it. I'm trying to figure it out. I, I want to get better at it. I want our church to be good at it. Um, and I, I, I want our church to be filled with people who mm-hmm. who need Jesus, you know? I mean, that's nothing makes me happier as a pastor to look yeah. out and see people that I don't know and people who, who, I mean, I don't know whether people know the Lord or not, but, mm-hmm. man, I love it when pe- new people come in and, and people are hungry and hearing the Word of God. And those that's that's what I want. That's what I want for us. And I know we've, I don't know, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. 
So I should have come with a solution. They don't have one. <laughs> I know what the problem is. I just know we've got to do it. We've got to do it the way Jesus did it. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can figure out how Jesus did it. What I know that Jesus was, he was compassionate on people, mm-hmm. and he was hardest on the religious people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't pull any punches with them. He told them what he thought. But he was very compassionate with, with people who didn't know him. Yeah. And that's the way we should be. So yeah. that'd be good. And if you're listening to this and you're saying, um, maybe maybe you've made it through this whole thing and you don't necessarily agree with us and that you are just checking us out to see what we're saying, we want you to know this, is that you are welcome. You're welcome here. We want this to be a place where everybody can come and hear of the good news. Uh, there is something better for you, but there's something better for me because I want you like, this is what we were just saying. It's like, we're we're sitting in the same place. Um, there are things in my life that have to be better mm-hmm. that um, somebody could easily on Facebook point out my flaws and my sins mm-hmm. and the things that I'm not doing well. Um, yeah. And so and for all of this, there's yeah. something better for me, just like there's something better for somebody mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about that is that it, there's no, there's no degrees of sin. Like sin is sin. Yeah. You know, and, and what we've done is we've said, well, this sin is worse than another sin. Every one of them made Jesus go to the cross. Yeah. Yep. And so mine is as bad as anybody else's. Nobody's is worse than mine. Mm-hmm. And we can't we can't judge people and think they're they're worse off because their sin is something that yeah. we want to classify. Yeah. Is my 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 stuff sent Jesus to the cross, mm-hmm. and and it's all the same. And we got we just got to love people and figure out how to do that well in the church and do it the way mm-hmm. Jesus did it. Mm-hmm. And we're not there, but we're we're trying. And and I want to I want to I want to just push us. However, I don't know how to do it. Uh, at this point but just that's where I wanted to get I swear we need to be figure that out and let's end with this is we just go back to what, what we talked about on Sunday it says this be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us it's good that's going to wrap it up today. So thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being a part of this. We'd love for you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Um, if you need more information, if you have questions, comments, you can go ahead and send them to us at podcast at shepnaz.org. You can find out more about what's happening at Shepherd through our website and various social media pages. And of course, on our app for Pastor Rob and Pastor Zach, I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.